your homepage for horror is here. Fangoria.com is now live and brimming with the digital horror content you crave. Fangoria.com is your first destination for all the horror news of the day, featuring a constant curation of the Fango team's favorite links from across the internet. They are taking the time to aggregate the most important news in horror in one space to save you time and sanity. You'll also find long-form pieces, deep dives, and daily thoughts from the biggest names in horror, as well as exclusive access to the Fangoria Vault. Right now, all current subscribers to the magazine are automatically members of Fangoria.com. And as promised, the content of the new issues will forever be print only. If you're not already a subscriber, check out the new Fangoria.com for yourself and see the horror right before your eyes. Use promo code POSTMORTEM for 15% off right now. 15% off Fangoria and Fangoria.com. Promo code POSTMORTEM. I'm Mick Garris, and this is the Fun Size Edition of Postmortem AMA, where you can ask me anything. And you know who's going to ask me anything is producer Joe Russo. That's me. That's you. Hello, Joe. Hello, Mick. How are you? Never better. Good. Uh, so today we're going to go through some craft questions. Okay. Uh, like craft so, services? Yeah. No, well, may, maybe. Maybe yeah. we'll get into that. Okay. Uh, it, it is part of filmmaking, an important part of filmmaking. That's right. Yeah. Some some say the most important part. Well, the ones who say the most important part are the ones you fire. <laughs> All right. Mark Beer asks, the, the stand was such a major undertaking. How much of it was storyboarded? How much? So let's, let's, let's broaden that out. First, the stand. How much was storyboarded? And how right. much do you storyboard? And do you like storyboarding? Let's get into all that. Um, it's interesting because when I was a kid, I wanted to be an artist. My father was had trained and was a very talented and accomplished artist who never made his living doing it. And I started out following in his footsteps. So you would imagine I would storyboard a lot. Um, the stand was so vast. Storyboarding would have been just such a nightmare. And often I didn't know what my set was going to look like when I show up on location because we were traveling so much on the road so much that I couldn't necessarily see locations. I'd see photographs before I approved them or didn't. And for me, I storyboard things that people need that where everybody needs to be on the same page in advance. Stunts need to be storyboarded. Visual effects need to be storyboarded. Anything that needs real choreography that relies on what that frame is. But in general, dramatic scenes, uh, most scenes I shot list in advance. Mm -hmm. Every weekend before I start shooting, I shot list the whole week. So at least it's been in my head, but I'm not slavish about it. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not a big storyboard person. But the first show I ever did professionally was, um, well, the second show was Amazing Stories. And just to be sure, Steven Spielberg wanted to know that I knew what I was doing and asked me to storyboard the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So the whole 24-minute show or 26-minute show, whatever it was, um, I storyboarded everything. And I followed them closely, but you have to leave yourself open to the possibility of magic that happens when you're on a set. Yeah. You can miss magical moments if you have your head stuck in a storyboard. Yeah. So they're really useful and they're great for helping. 
um, the stand. Really, we storyboarded the hand of God. We storyboarded uh, the climax of the confrontation in Las Vegas. We storyboarded most of the stunt scenes and a lot of the effects scenes, Cibola, the, the, how the house would be, the farmhouse would be in the field of corn. Uh, everything that everybody needed to know in advance what it was going to be. And it's fun to be able to have a big whiteboard up with sure. all of your storyboards there, and you just tick them off one by one as you do them. But um, for me, I really like to be open to the possibility of a new idea, whether it's mine or the DP's or an actor's, uh, and and having the flexibility to roll with something and make it even better. When you do work with a storyboard artist, mm -hmm. directors are very different. Some have the vision of the movie very clearly on their head, and they say, do this. Or when you're working with a storyboard artist, do you let them kind of come up with some ideas too? How do you like to... They are the two extremes, and there's nothing in the middle. It seems like people either do that and say, this is what the scene is, show me what it's going to look like, or sit there. What I do is I'll sit with a storyboard artist, we'll work out thumbnails of every frame, and then they'll go home and do the full storyboards. And then we'll sit together, and, and I'll either approve or ask for something different. I love it when they come up with a better idea. Sure. But that's the point of sitting with them and doing the thumbnails together is they do what, what you're looking for and what you're specific about, but they'll make suggestions or improvements or, you know, some really the only one who has the entire movie in their head is the director. And so um, being able to share that vision with everybody else in every department is important. But it's really great to have somebody whose job is to imagine what a frame is mm -hmm. um, to work with you on, on hammering that out. Well, speaking of keeping movies and stories and things in your head, Jersey Jabber asks, <laughs> in your writing process, how do you contend with multiple story ideas and just focus on one? Um, that's the job. <laughs> right. uh, you know, <laughs> I, when I'm writing on spec... I never do an outline. Um, I never do a treatment. I start with an idea on page one and I just go. I know that's how Stephen King works as well. You'll do your research and everything beforehand right. when you have an idea. But when I'm writing spec, I find it as I'm going. Right. I, I let the characters tell me what's going on. I rarely know how it's going to end. But after a life of movies, you, you have an intuition of where a story can take you and still constantly try to keep it surprising, which is hard to do after, you know, 150 years of cinema yes, or however yes, long it is. it's been. Yes, it is. But as a storyteller, I mean, I write books too and like to tell stories in, in various media. So... Um, when you are, like, put in a position where maybe you are you have to flesh out a series or something right. for, for a production company or studio, um, maybe when you're in the brainstorming phase. Yeah, uh, you know, it's, it's not difficult to me to focus on one thing at a time because I usually only want to attack one thing at a time. Right. I, I'm not writing three scripts at a time. I'll, I do write quickly so I can write and finish one script and then start in on another one. So it's really a matter of... of 
where your focus is and committing to one fully uh, while you can talk about something else. One of the impressive things I found about Steven Spielberg when I was working with him was I would go into a room with him to discuss our project and uh, he'd say, wait, I'm finishing up another meeting, but I'd be sitting in that meeting and he would go over all these details and everything. And then he'd jump into our meeting and completely shift gears yeah. and be right on top of everything from a week before. And then I'd be there while he'd start the next meeting, completely <laughs> jumping into another project. And his, his focus was instantaneous and amazing. There's a reason Steven Spielberg is, is Steven Spielberg. Spielberg. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. Uh, Chad Rhetoric, I've probably butchered that. Ask, sorry, Chad. Ask, how do you find out how an actor likes to work? A little direction or lots. And how do you handle giving notes on a performance you disagree with, especially when it's an actor that prefers a little bit of direction? Well, you have to be part parent, part brother, part best friend, and part psychiatrist. Um, when you meet the actor, often these days, you don't get time to rehearse in advance, especially if you're shooting on location, maybe in Vancouver, you won't meet your actor until the day or two before you start shooting. Yeah, them. on my movie, I met them literally during the costume fitting. Yeah, and sometimes you meet them on set for the first time, yeah. if they're day players or something. Mm -hmm. um, so you have to be able to, to be intuitive. And again, that's part of being a director. Your intuition guides you more than anything else. Um, you can talk to people who've worked with these people before, but you find out pretty quickly if somebody likes direction or how they like it. Um, I will actually ask an actor, um, do you want to be first or does it take you a few takes for you to ramp up to where you want to be? Are you fr uh, best when you start? and then lose steam. I mean, I'll do it more politically than that. Sure. But, um, you know, let them know that I'm on their side and saying, look, you you can see this from the inside out. I am on the outside looking in, and maybe I can offer a perspective that you can't. Um, Pierce Brosnan in Bag of Bones, you know, huge movie star. He's done it all. He didn't really want much direction and didn't require it. But if there was something I felt should be different then you just let's try it this way i don't know if you've thought about this but do you mind if we do this version and see what you think and he was great there are some actors who will then just do a shitty version of what you asked for and uh you you pick your fights sure um but i usually do it through enthusiasm and 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 partnership and encouragement mm -hmm. that's the best way i mean the worst thing you can do is lock horns with an actor because then it just builds resentments and I'll show you. Yeah. But encouragement, you know, you're making movies. It's not saving lives. Right. You're doing the best work you can, and it's it's very much a family, and, and, and it's got to be a communal experience that's nutritious for everyone involved. Horror Movies and Beyond asks... Was there ever a time you doubted yourself as a filmmaker? And if so, who or what helped you overcome it? If you don't ever doubt yourself as a filmmaker, you're a hack. I, I completely uh, agree. You know, I, uh, <laughs> it doesn't t take much to slap your face yeah. in that regard. But, you know, uh, if you are 
a writer, a filmmaker, a musician, or whatever, you are sensitive. Mm -hmm. And you are able to interpret emotions from the outside and from the inside. And without doubt, you're arrogant. You know, there's an ego that you need to be an artist, to be a filmmaker, to believe that somebody is interested in the story you're telling, in your voice, or your vision, what you're painting, what you're filming, what you're drawing, any anything like that. Um, so I think humility is a really important part of being an artist, and evolution, knowing that you want to change, that th those doubts are your quest for originality and creativity, in my humble opinion. I, I agree. I think that, you know, artists are sensitive souls and they're putting themselves out there to be judged. And that's a scary thing. Yeah. And you're literally like hanging over the abyss. Uh, and and you, you're usually put in situations, and I'm sure you can agree, where you're forced to constantly compromise and think on the fly and make changes. And, yeah. you know... You have to trust those instincts. Yeah, you can't doubt yourself when you're doing that because you are guiding an army. Yes. And you have to have the confidence of your vision, but you also have to have the doubt that allows you to see a way to do it better. Yes. No matter where it comes from. Yeah, no, I think I think it's a, it's a healthy fear. Yeah. Uh, fear is a great motivator. It saves your life. Yes. And it... It encourages you to do the best work possible, to maybe exceed your reach. And that's that's great. And that's what good movie making is all about. I would hope so. <laughs> well, Mick, thank you very much for another great postmortem AMA. Another great AMA. Thank you, Joe. And if you have questions you would like me to answer, please send them to Mick Garris PM uh, at Twitter or Instagram. And we'll see you next time. If you're enjoying the podcast, we'd really appreciate it if you would let the world know about it by reviewing and rating it on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. If you have comments or questions for our Ask Mick Anything shows, send them to producer Joe at Joe Russo Tweets or to at Mick Garris PM on Instagram or Twitter or the Postmortem with Mick Garris Facebook page. This is a brand new address, so don't forget it. That's at Mick Garris PM on both Twitter and Instagram. And if you'd like to see my vintage and recent video interviews, making of documentaries, and audiobooks of some of my short stories, go to my website, MickGarrisInterviews.com. Thanks for listening to Postmortem with Mick Garris. Download new episodes every other Wednesday and subscribe on iTunes.